Welcome, everybody. U.S. Grace Force Podcast here. I'm Doug Berry, along with my good friend, Father Richard Heilman, and we have a very special guest tonight. We're going to explain why she will not be seen, but this is a very, very important program. Before we get into it, though, we want to turn everything, of course, always over to prayer. So, Father, take it away. So, Gracie has been, uh, last couple of weeks, been helping me with prayer. So, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Father. Thank, thank you, Gracie, for your help with that. That's... That's always awesome, man. And thank you, Gracie, for your paw. Look oh, at that. Whoa. Oh, no. <laughs> Good she shot on you. That's, a, that's a brave guy already. She's blood so drawn. Cute. She can do that. Taking one for the team. Good for you, <laughs> wow, that's, that's a good one. Well, again, welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace First Podcast. Now, a couple of things I want to explain before we get to the title, which you're probably wondering why we've titled this The Bowels of Hell. We'll explain that in a moment. But I want to thank everybody who supports us and special thank you, especially to patrons out there. Uh, it really means an awful lot to us right now with this cancel culture going on. Father and I are definitely feeling that. So your support, your help is enormous. And, you know, we've got special rewards out there for those of you who do sign up to be patrons. We want to let you know how much it means to us that you're supporting us in this work. There's a lot going on right now, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight regarding the ability to even speak these messages anymore as clearly as we should be able to, as our First Amendment rights give us the ability to do. And even that is under tremendous attack and pressure right now. But the bowels of hell, the reason we have titled this program the bowels of hell is in particular because our guest tonight is going to talk from her perspective Again, we have to keep this anonymous to protect her. And, you know, this is one of the sad things, everybody, that we're, we're all seeing in our world right now. There's a lot of fear. A lot of people are literally terrified. Uh, people have been fired. People have been physically abused. People have been put in horrible situations because they've spoken up in support of whether it's President Trump or anything regarding constitutional rights, religious freedom, worship, so forth, speaking out in even, even questioning what's going on with this Chinese virus thing. We've got so many examples we could go through, as we've done with many of our episodes. But the bowels of hell, the title is specifically because we are seeing the bowels of hell opening up in a specific way, very quickly, mind you, that is at breakneck speed, and many, many things are on the line right now. And we want to address that, and we want to call it what it is. There's a lot of demonic, diabolical attack going on right now. Now, those of you who follow the Grace Force know we are not shy about this. We've had great guests like Father Altman on. We've had Father Chad Ripperger on, who has talked very clearly about the times that we're living in. We have been very direct about these things, trying to keep everything as fair and as respectful as possible. We want to keep a light sense of humor where we can, but we also know that we cannot shy away from the truth because, because right now the truth is really what's at stake. So with that in mind, um, Father, this is an amazing guest. Uh, Father, do you want to explain how we came to hear from Joan as she will go by the name tonight? Obviously, Joan of Arc, the image you see there, everyone. This is not the real Joan of Arc, but she is definitely an example and I think a tremendous inspiration as Joan of Arc was in her time. I believe our guest Joan is also that for us all right now. Yeah, so... Uh 
Joan called me and uh, she's been following the podcast for a while. And Joan, you can um, talk a little bit more about yourself and, and, and what, what it's all about. But anyway, uh, wanted to just let me know or let our listeners, our podcast listeners know that uh, what, what you perceive to see, okay, uh, from what went on at the Capitol isn't exactly what went on. And so she wanted to give a firsthand account of what her perception was being right up front, um, right there where, when it happened. And, uh, and also just to kind of uh, give what, she, what she's come to understand is um, kind of a nefarious plot that's going on. So we're going to talk about all that tonight. But Joan, maybe, uh, and I, I want to say too, before I, before I uh, bring it over to you, Joan, that I truly enjoyed our conversations, and um, I just I just found you to be very compelling and also um, uh, passionate about all of this. And so I asked if you would come on. I want to say I'm, the listeners might recall that we actually did ask another gentleman to come on, and he was all set to do that, even anonymously, and uh, his wife uh, panicked we're, because we're in the cancel culture right now, and. Uh, Joan, you're keeping yourself anonymously and I, anonymous, and I think you should. Uh, but we're in the cancel culture, and they're coming after all of us. And again, that's something we're going to talk about tonight as well. And uh, I want to show you her little paw caught me. <laughs> She's got needle paws right now. <laughs> so I just had her up on my lap, and her just paw just kind of <laughs> So anyway, but uh, Joan, maybe tell us a little bit of about who you are, what, what, you know, what, uh, what, what you can tell us about sure. who you, you are. can tell us. <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I have, I have been a huge fan of you guys, especially because I look and I listen to the information that's coming from all over the country and all over the world. And you guys have been an amazing resource for people. And I'm in Wisconsin. And when I realized you guys were broadcasting from Wisconsin, right. I was so impressed. I was so blown away. And I'm so proud of the people in my area. Um, you know, the common sense and the wisdom that comes from these people, I have a lot of respect for it. And before I forget, I should tell you that when I went to DC, I had your, um, your patriotic rosary on loop, okay? The video that you made with the patriotic rosary, because honestly, when you go to DC, and I did used to live there, I have I have some knowledge of it. When you go into that city, you are entering a very unholy thing <laughs> yeah. because that that city is where uh, wealth is made. And every time you visit that city, it's richer and richer. And the blood and the bones of the U.S. citizens are uh, they're feasted on in that city. So when I took that trip, I had your patriotic rosary on loop in my hotel nice. room. And honestly, I slept with uh, my rosary by my heart because this is something we have not seen. We have not seen. But uh, so especially because I'm a girl, I wanted to offer this alternative point of view, this perspective on what had happened, because those of us who were on the ground saw a totally different thing than you were shown on the news. And if you talk to people who were there, they will, they will tell you that. But people are terrified to talk. And people who um, 
who are coming forward or if they try to post things, the legions of hell are descending on them. And um, anything can happen to you, anything. I mean, when you post things online, people can track it and they will track you down. They will track you down. I, you know, I don't even know the variety of ways that they use, but they will find you. Um, you know, mm -hmm. your contact information, they can, you just don't know what they're gonna do. So that's why it's a lot easier um, to just be anonymous right now. And, but hopefully it inspires some people to ask more questions and going forward to know that you will be shown all kinds of things that you may not understand. And, you know, we have the inauguration coming up. Who knows what's going to happen there? We don't know. But for some reason, they want you watching. Mm -hmm. And they created a huge spectacle on the 6th. Um, it's been kind of a whirlwind. I think that was the day, right? That was the day I was there was the 6th. Um, they created this massive spectacle. And um, from my point of view, we just witnessed a million basically law-abiding taxpayers be framed in real time by our own media and our government. And the fact that they have the power to do that, they have that power is incredible. And they're flexing it. And this is not the end, it's the beginning. That's the sense I get. I'd like to chime in real quick and just to, so the audience can understand a little bit as well. I know that there's, um, uh, in order to protect you, Joan, um, there are things that you haven't said to us about why you have the knowledge that you have yeah. regarding the work that you've done in this world and so forth. Very broad, yeah. general statement there. Yeah. But you do have some insight that because of your experience and life adventures, let's call it that, that gives you a different perspective on this than the average American citizen. Is that a, is that a safe or fair way of putting it? Yeah, that's fair. I have exposure to um, technology and I have exposure to the government. And, um, mm. and the other thing that I really have is a lot of love for my people, which I consider the silent majority. You know, I, I have, um, I have reason to have knowledge, but more importantly, I have a lot of love for the kind and good people that I know to exist in America. I talk to people everywhere I go, and I, I have met, I don't know how many, I mean, thousands of people, and I have faith in the silent majority. But we just saw a million people be framed, and now supposedly we have 80 million people united, wanting free speech, wanting freedom. And the question is now, will they stand? Will they support the people who just showed up? Because just by taking the trip, I'm now forever marked, just by taking the trip. And by posting anything online, um, I think positive comments about the event are censored. And it's, it's been a whirlwind for me, so you feel free to double check what I'm saying, but I think that on the platforms like Facebook and um, you know YouTube, Twitter, if you try to say something positive about that event, you will automatically be censored. Um, and so, so I rushed to get the word out um, that this event was completely different on the ground 
than what you were shown. And from there, people will have to decide for themselves. Yeah, Joan, can you, because um, when you first called, uh, you wanted it, me or us to understand that uh, it wasn't what, you know, they're, they're making it appear to be. And you were right up front, you said. I mean, you were Yeah, like, yeah. Were, I pushed my understand? way to the front. Yeah, can and, you describe because you even you even were feet away from where they were breaking class, I think. Yeah, you? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this so can was you describe yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, most importantly, um, the crowd was as positive and amazing as any Trump rally has ever been. When you see them on the on TV, now I've been to four of them, and this is a this is a very strange experience in the modern world to have 30 to 50,000 people in a group. Now these were the rallies where 30 to 50,000 people and total joy, joy and laughter and love in 30 to 50,000 people is bizarre. It's bizarre in, in this world. We don't see that. So the, the, uh, like I say, I've been to four of those rallies and the only, it is so strange, the magic and the love and the bond between these people. And I know it's because we've all taken a lot to get there. We, we have risked, you know, losing our jobs, having our whole lives destroyed and canceled. So that's why then when you get in a group, you're just, you're so excited. You're so excited to be around like minds. That energy is so positive and, um, so it's, it's yeah, the but, only, uh, yeah. did you have a, a different idea than I do? I mean, was there really a sense that anybody had that they were risking anything before this quote unquote capital surge? I mean, no, I don't, I don't think so. And that's why, you know, it, it's very funny. I yeah. planned, I planned the clothes I was going to wear and I wore these boots and I was thinking, okay, I got to be at the airport and I have to look nice when I, you know, if I go to a restaurant. And then the day that Capitol happened, like all the barricades were down and I thought, okay, well now I've got to climb. <laughs> I mean, the, um, there is no way that anybody was planning for a war. And um, I happen to have a really great friend there. He's um, of the Ho-Chunk tribe in Wisconsin, but he lives, he lives down south. And he was there that day and he, you know, we were laughing after this. He, he said, you know, the, the amount of destruction that a million people could have done, if there was any intention to do destruction, mm. that whole city would have been destroyed. Yeah. How yeah. would it not be? Instead, uh, this crowd was incredibly peaceful. And I sent you, Father Howman, some pictures so that you right. can, you know, confirm that I'm telling you the truth. The picture that I sent was like, I'm a bad judge of distance, but I'm guessing maybe 40 feet behind the people who are smashing the window. Wow. Now, um, now there's so much to say here, so help me to lead through it. The, well, the yeah. Could, could we start with the with the timeline, Joan? You 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 had talked about you know, before we started recording here that. The timeline doesn't work. Oh, it doesn't or work at everything, all. Everything from when we started to hear yeah. like NPR and others criticize or attack the Trump supporters all the way up to when Trump gave his speech to when yeah. the, the any kind of break-in of some sort started to happen in the Capitol building. Kind of break that down for us. Yeah, what a crock. Because that day, there were two main areas where people were. Um, there was the monument. And it was a sea of people, a sea, and it was super positive. And 
you know, I don't think they have allowed aerial photos because they didn't want you to know how many people there were. I would guess a million. I, you know, the numbers were huge. There, there were so many people there that, you know, there's this water feature by the monument, I guess it's this like long rectangle of water, right? Mm -hmm. Then um, that was totally obscured. And my friends that went back the next day, they were like, oh, we didn't even see that. They didn't even know that existed because the ocean of people was huge and it was so positive. So um, I got to the monument mm -hmm. at about eight, uh, eight in the morning. There were people lined up at three in the morning and it was cold. There were no toilets. You know, deliberately, they made it as miserable as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, but people, our people are full of joy. They're so excited to have each other and be together. And uh, the only thing I can liken that to is, I guess, that old quote, see how these Christians love each other. That's the only phenomena I can, I've never seen this in my lifetime. Um, and I've traveled, I've been different places. But uh, so at the, at the monument, when we got there, the line around the monument was already so huge, you couldn't find the beginning. And I know these people. So I know I can go to any one of them and ask them, where do I go? Because <laughs> also you guys should know that the night before, uh, I think it was Apple shut down the maps into DC. Oh. They made it that people that. couldn't find their way. And so the night before I was helping people like even try to find their way into the city. There were so many things that the cities did to make it hard for us to make it painful for us so that we would know we were unwelcome, you know, basically rats, sewer rats coming from the rest of the United States, descending onto the glitz and glamour of Washington, D.C., which has made itself rich off of the bones of the people. You know, mm -hmm. obviously they do not like when we show up. That was very clear. So, so anyway, people couldn't even find their way into the city. And um, so I, I crossed paths with a lot of people I didn't know but these people are almost interchangeable in these crowds because they're all nice. <laughs> they're all awesome. You can go up to almost any of them and they will, I mean, it's weird. It's weird how wonderful they are. And so I crossed paths with basically random strangers all day and they happened to lead me to the VIP speech area, which I never would have found because it was huge. Um, and we had to wait in line for like four hours in the cold, no bathrooms. You can't, you can't go to the bathroom because you lose your space in the line. You're standing there so many hours, even at the end of four hours in line, people are still talking, laughing, happy. I mean, this is very weird. <laughs> weird for people to be that happy and positive. Then we get into the VIP speech area, which is at the monument. And um, well, it's a little bit distance away from the monument but it is not at the Capitol. We had to take a significant walk to get from the monument to the Capitol. So um, NPR, now anyone can correct me because I've been very busy <laughs> since this trip, uh, but I think that NPR posted something about the attack at the Capitol at like 9.35 a.m. And which is completely crazy because Trump did not, we were all waiting in line for God's sake or at the monument and Trump didn't even talk until like 11.45. And then uh, people were totally happy and ecstatic. They were happy to see him. 
he didn't finish talking until like 1.15. And then people had to walk from the monument to the Capitol. And most people, it took them till like two o'clock to get there. So, and then um, when I got there, you know, I try to think back on what exactly I saw when I got to the Capitol because um, I did get tear gassed. <laughs> I got tear gassed, which is very funny because if you have to tear gas a girl like me, I mean, that just says a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, but so when, when we did get to the Capitol, we knew the crowd, the energy of the crowd is peaceful and happy and harmless. And there was no sense of destruction or we're gonna bring these tools, we're gonna bring weapons, like, that's crazy. Um, then we see this, this uh, I guess, this ocean of people at the Capitol. And my friend and I, we just, we, we were like, what? What is going on? You know, by the time that we got there and we, we pushed our way then to the front of the crowd, so the picture that I sent to Father Heilman, you have to factor in that there's like a million people behind me. Okay, so I'm seeing, I could see when I got there, these people smashing the windows. And, and they're like smashing, I saw them smashing one window right in front of me. What was your reaction to that? Well, you know, I'll tell you, um, all of us standing there are taxpayers. We've watched our entire country be destroyed for a whole year. I know. I mean, were you outraged or did you think that this was part of the MAGA group or something else? Or Well, I can tell you. your mind at that time? I can tell you, to be fair, that a lot of men around me um, called out that that was, that was obviously Antifa. There were, there's, and I will try to put together a Twitter thread. You can see there's like 200 clips in one Twitter thread. A person gathered those clips together. You can see our people, uh, you know, pulling them off of things. Um, yeah, that, that is hard to describe because the scene when you get up there, there were things that I, I felt were very odd and not like our group. For instance, there were people on loudspeakers um, urging the crowd to push forward, um, which just seemed very organized. It seemed, it, you know, even for me on the ground, yeah, I've keeping... seen clips of those too, and and this guy that we were going to have on, he described the guys doing that as giving like a Braveheart speech. You know, it was really yeah. trying to rile the cr crowd up and let you know this is yeah. our time kind of thing. And and yeah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. we heard but, people on loudspeakers, which I I just thought was odd because I'm thinking, who are these people? And one of the most um, animated people was a woman who was on a loudspeaker. Um, where they were smashing the windows. And she was like, we need gas masks. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm thinking it, it was a very strange scene. Did um, it, um, faith, uh, I guess, do you, do you have faith in the people there at the time that the majority of them were not, um, not, not involved in this? Did, did you get a sense? Oh, totally. Because you, when you mentioned, you know, Joan, you mentioned organized did you get a sense that this was not MAGA people? This no. was not MAGA people. No, and, and, absolutely and it, not. Did it yeah. unfold so quick as if it looked like this was planned? Well, what looked planned was the fact that they had equipment. Ah, and right. now it's very important for people to know that our phones were scrambled. And I don't know if anyone's. Yeah, talk about that. 
Yeah, that is key. That is absolutely key because the media would not have been able to frame a million people for violence if our phones were working. Yeah, the, all of, everybody's phone was scrambled for a period of time. Everywhere I went in the crowd, like I so said, you couldn't I, talk I, to I, each other. I talked to everybody, and as I was passing by, if you think about it, I moved. It took me a long time. It took me, I don't know how long, to move through that crowd from the back to the front. Because when I arrived at the Capitol, there's already a lot of people there, right? So mm -hmm. I'm pushing all the way to the front. And everywhere I go, I said, do you have a signal? Because my phone couldn't get a signal from like 8 in the morning at the monument. As soon as mm -hmm. we got to the monument, no signal. And um, so everyone I asked, they couldn't get a signal. So that was very suspicious to me. And what I know... The nation's capital where, you know... I mean, it, it's not like they have poor cell service at Nations. Oh, Canada, right? absolutely. And what I know, because I know the character of my people, if if our phones had been working, our men would have put that down within, I mean, literal seconds. Everybody stand down. Seconds. Yep. Yeah. Seconds, because it does not take long. You know, Antifa always tries to goad our people, our great and patient people, into violence. Our people tend to be strong but they're anti-aggression. Our people are very peaceful. And Antifa right. always tries That's to goad our people into violence. And then when our people finally say enough, okay, I've had it, you need to back off, then Antifa's knocked out. You know, like, it doesn't take much. Our Can men would have put that yeah. down. Can I give yeah. you my perspective after listening to you and then listening to this other person that was going to be a guest on? But uh, the whole idea... Uh, what I found significant is that this guy was with a buddy mm -hmm. and his buddy turned to him and says, okay, we're going in. Right. And he had to stop his buddy and say, no, no, we got to get out of here. You know, well, so I think there was, there was, there was a sense that this Braveheart speech may have convinced some people, you know, that, that uh, maybe this is, and, and I, you know, frankly, I wasn't there, but, I, I think that could happen, you know, that some people believed, okay, we're all mega people here and there's, they, they don't, a lot of people didn't understand about Antifa or any yeah, agitators, professional agitators, but uh, so, yeah, they, you know, they, they trust all that. So here they are in the megaphones and they're saying, yeah, you give them the powerful speech, which, you know, if they're professional agitators, they, they know how to talk on those megaphones. That's what was very strange yeah. is to me, I'm thinking like, who is this woman? And even now in this whirlwind, I haven't heard anyone identify who that was, but there mm -hmm. was one particular woman um, who was on this loudspeaker mm -hmm. urging people to come in. She was like, you need to come in. Mm. And it's obvious, wow. all the videos are out there that the, like the Capitol Police, um, some witnesses say they were sent home at like 10 in the morning. And, and one of the cops was like- Who was sent home? One of the Capitol Police reported that he was sent home. And, and those videos and that evidence is out there. Yeah, A lot I heard of it. the extra uh, police were sent home, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Did you have a sense too of because uh, you were, said you were up front? Yes. How security yeah. was responding to? In, oh well, there were no, there was no security. You know, when you see these videos of riots and the way that our whole country has been burned down with violent riots, which were called peaceful protests, usually you'll see like people in body armor and they're like being attacked by, you know, the crowd. There was no such thing where I was standing. 
um, there was no such thing. There were no, no like cops in front of me begging for their lives with helmets on and body armor, nothing like that, nothing. Um, and, and now it makes more sense because you can see that there are, there's clear evidence that, that people were ushered in. Mm-hmm. And, and now there's like these so, so innocent elderly taxpayers that walked into the Capitol. It is the people's house. And yeah. I will say, even for myself, it was so clear and how unwelcome we were in that city. And we have paid for the whole thing. We've paid for the whole thing. And the guys I was with, there were a couple older guys that really needed to go to the bathroom. Everybody needed to go to the bathroom. We don't want to act like animals like the other side. And so everybody had to go to the bathroom. And every single wealthy, rich building along those streets was locked to us. Locked. The public is not welcome in these sacred buildings. Now, all of our, our family businesses can be burned to the ground peacefully. <laughs> they can be removed. They can be destroyed. Your life can be left in rubble. Yeah. But the Capitol and Nancy Pelosi's desk is a sacred space. It yeah, is I, got to, space. I have to admit, that was something that really, really bothered me when I heard some newscasters, you know, Fox News, MSNBC, any and all of them. And, you know, the, this conversation of the, 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 the hollowed halls of the yeah, oh god have been oh, violated now god. and i'm thinking look if i'm someone who owned a business or a home oh. in minneapolis or kenosha or portland or how many other cities yeah. and and you're telling me how hollow these grounds are which absolutely. are paid for by taxpaying dollars absolutely my buildings burned to the ground my business is gone and in yeah. places like minneapolis uh, the yeah. city doesn't even pay for the fence that goes up around the destruction. You have to pay it for that as well. I mean, all yeah. these horrible stories, that was really agitating as well. Now, and, and something else here, Joan, that I guess really gets me is, um, you know, the videos like you mentioned. And I really emphasize this because this happened so quickly. This brush painted all Trump supporters then and even now. And it's intensifying as these days yes. have gone by. Yes. But it painted that we're all bad, we're all evil, we're yeah. all just right wing. We need to be deprogrammed. That's a word that's used. Totally insane. Re-education camps has been brought up. Yeah. Uh, by by a man who worked for PBS for a while until. Oh, he what a nutcase. Yeah, and it was what just a nutcase. And, and you got to be thinking this isn't the only guy. These aren't the only people, and some of them no. are very public about it. Yeah, but that's the way they feel. Yeah, they use the word deprogram. It's um, crazy. It's they're crazy. serious. And there's a yeah. lot of them who believe this. But here's mm-hmm. here's a point. Um, these videos of the Capitol Police allowing them in, moving barricades. Um, one, in fact, I saw just today that has come out. And it was the guy with the, the Viking horn ham, hand thing. Oh, on, yeah. Who yeah. went into the hall, right? And yeah. you see the Capitol Police officer with him, kind of coming through the door with him, talking to him. Exactly. There was no effort to keep him out whatsoever. Exactly. As on the video, he says, well, I'm here to make sure nobody gets crazy in here. You know, I mean, yeah, right. This is so apparently wrong the way it was all portrayed. Absolutely. And you mentioned the people who were going, the taxpayers going into the Capitol. Oh, yeah. There's video of them going down the aisle where the dome above is there and they're staying between the red um, you know, uh, the, those ropes, you know, yeah. that you've got to stay like you're in theater, right? Yeah. They're not running all over. There's statues all around this place. Yeah. None of them that I, that I know of. 
was nothing destroyed. No, just like the no. left has been smashing statues all over the country. Yeah, I don't know how much the damage was, but I think like $2 billion worth of damage was done in our country. Countless families had their whole lives destroyed, their businesses gone, and it's always that the property can be replaced. Sure, you know, sure. That, and that, you know, I think that was in the minds of the people too, is that don't the cops stand down when the people show up? Look at um, when uh, BLM and Antifa have rioted and they took, a, they took a precinct, right? And I think they've taken other buildings. Um, and the cops leave the precinct. The cops give it to them. Yeah. So um, I think people, and you know, maybe that whole year of destruction was a setup leading into this. Mm. Because I, when, I, when I stood there and I saw what, yeah, this looks like Antifa that's in front of me, um, smashing a window. Okay, I can't stop them. Um, you know, it's bizarre. This whole year has been bizarre. Yeah. That's one that's one group of people, and there's a million people behind me. Now, I do want to say, I'll give you an example of who was there, because um, this is who they're calling a domestic terrorist. And in, in a picture I sent to Father Heilman, you know, I, I wish I could post more publicly, but, you know, we don't want people to be targeted and destroyed. But, you know, in front of me in the crowd was this hilarious I mean, soccer mom, so cute, so mm. cute with a little bracelet on. She's in the picture. And uh, I, I mean, that's who they're calling a terrorist. Then some of the other people I met, now, especially for your audience that is more, you know, spiritually aware, one of the people I met on the way was a Roman Catholic mother of nine. One of her sons is a priest. And she was holding her rosary in her hand as she talked to me in the airport bathroom. She said she was so worried. Uh, she was so worried about what was going on and her heart was aching. And that's why, you know, basically these taxpayers showed up in DC, a million of them, to beg for their lives, to beg for mercy. You have allowed our lives to be destroyed. Meanwhile, we're, we're desperately trying to pay tax that we don't have. We can't. And, you know, I'll tell you, last fall, I had to make a tax payment. And I thought, man, this is hurting. This is hurting. And I realized, like, no wonder it's hurting extra, you know, missing income. And there was a moment I just went out into the woods and just cried. I just cried. You know, what can I do? I'm trying to help my family. I'm trying to be a good person. Uh, it doesn't pay very well these days. So anyway, that was one lady I met. Then near me in the crowd. So I'm, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. So, so the the six hundred dollar stimulus check hasn't I know. taken care of things for so you. So wonderful, right? So wonderful. While meanwhile, these protected politicians yeah. have not missed a meal. No, they have not missed even a snack or a dime. And it astounds me that you had a million people show up to beg for mercy, and these politicians didn't even. It didn't even cross their minds to ask, why are you here? It didn't even cross their minds. Maybe the people are hungry. Maybe the people are starving. It, it makes me, I, it blows my mind when I saw the coverage and I saw these ridiculous politicians in their bubble suits, bubble suits, when I knew that there were grandparents and retired veterans outside of that building. That's who supposedly is now being framed for storming the Capitol. Is you know, I, I, 
I think back to Nick Sandman. Do you remember all that? Yes. He yes. was out in front of the Supreme Court building yeah. and the Native American pounding the drum, and he's just yes. standing there still. And the 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 media at that point, you know, painted their own narrative about how yes. evil he was, yes. and the and that dirty smirk on his face, and yes. and uh, well, guy's millionaire right now from all the lawsuits he won. Yeah. Um, and they were wrong. They were proven wrong. And so they're painting another narrative right now that's the same thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You you mentioned like the 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 elderly couple that walked into the Capitol. Oh, and, so innocent. And and, and the, you you so everybody's sitting there going, where was the security and why? Well, I'll tell you where the security. And here I'm going to paint the narrative that I believe it was. They're not afraid of people that uh, like that you beautifully described. You know, the soccer mom and the elderly yeah. couple and the woman with the rosary. That's who these people were. They have Security no fear. wasn't wasn't concerned about them, and they come in and they stay within the the ropes. You know, as they're, as they're in yeah. the capital. Have we heard of one uh, artifact in, in the state capital that was that was ruined? Yeah. I, I know there was a handful of nut jobs that went into offices. I don't know. That's crazy. But I think you know the surge on the capital was a lot of those elderly couples that went. They heard somebody oh. say, "We need to go in." And, yeah. and listen, I, I witnessed firsthand in, I think it was 2011, when uh, they did the recall walker and they went into the state capitol building in Madison. Yeah. You yeah. ever seen the image of, the, of those? Maybe we'll post that too on this. But the, the, the place was jammed with yeah. protesters, yeah. okay? And everybody, you know, no big deal, you know, but you're right, you're protesting and you came in. We were actually walking underneath them incognito, uh, praying the rosary during that whole time. So, but anyway, um, I, did they but, melt? But uh, but <laughs> but you know, people came into the Capitol protesting, and yeah. no, there wasn't security. Was like, yeah, okay, well, you exactly. just, just make sure you behave yourself. Exactly. I honestly think that's what this was. And no, we are surging, you know, uh, terrorists and and. I, I don't think I, out of even the, what it was a couple hundred or so that went into the Capitol during that time, I don't know what the number is at this point, but I'll bet you uh, either the, 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 the ones that were misbehaving while they were in the Capitol were either Antifa or just, yeah. uh, you know, the 0.0001% of crazy, uh, you know, mega people uh, that, that, uh, yeah, you know, I think those are very sat hard. In Pelosi's to... chair and, and stuff like that. That's just crazy. You know, you don't do that. You got to respect the space that way. Th that's wrong. But I mean, that's that's what they did. They, they sat in Pelosi's chair. So, you know, they didn't go in there with, you know, fire and bullets and. You know. Oh, no. 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 And, 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 and again, I think that a lot of the people that were told, like that, by that very convincing women and woman and the other ones that were, you know, given the brave heart speech, we're, get, we're going in. They, they didn't have a sense that that was even civil disobedience when they were walking into the Capitol, that, that we're just going to go into the Capitol like they did in 2011 with the recall walker. I don't know. What's your sense with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's very hard to put into words, but for me, I've watched my entire country burn and monuments destroyed and all of it's fine. All of it's fine, and the losses and the suffering and the grief that people go through doesn't matter. It, the, what the people go through doesn't matter. So you, why you, you, why you, is it the end of the world that a, a, a window is smashed on this building that we pay for? 
Yeah. Well, the window it. smash, I'll never get over that. That again, that you should, you should revere, you know, our, our country's uh, monuments and buildings. And so that one, that's gotta be Antifa. Mm. Yeah. But I'm oh, just well, saying, I'm just like saying it, how yeah. many people but like the elderly couple walked in, stayed within those velvet oh, ropes, yes. you know, yeah, they're so and innocent. Like they did in 2011 in Madison yes. with Recall Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and the idea of America really shouldn't be lost here that the government is to, exists to, I mean, it, it's so far away from this, but the government exists to serve us. And it is so obvious that we are farmed animals in this situation. We yeah. are just farmed animals. And I love. I love pigs. It's an insult to them for us to be such farmed hogs by these people. But, you know, these, these people have no mercy. And, and so as far as the people I saw, there were many elderly and veterans and wheelchair. And there was also no mercy. At the end of the day, at about 6 p.m., they tried to do a curfew or something after they did all this insanity. And then they tried to do a curfew. And it was hard for people to actually leave the Capitol. Um, because you couldn't get transportation and all this. And I really wonder, you know, what happened to the people I saw in wheelchairs? Because I don't even know if the trains were running. I happened to connect with these random people. And because they were my people, we worked out Ubers and we got home. Okay, But the city had no mercy uh, for anyone who was there to express a plea a plea for their lives that it, you know, are, are, are suffering over the past year and losing our businesses and being destroyed, there is no mercy coming from that building. So how sacred is it? Yeah. I think with the people are more sacred than Nancy Pelosi's desk, in my opinion. And Joan, I wanted to comment you earlier when you were saying you know, that buildings have been burned down and statues destroyed oh, and so forth. And, and you said, and that's okay. That's okay. You were making, I want the audience to understand. You were basically saying that's what we've been told by the left. Yeah. It's totally fine with them. It's okay. This is the voice of the people. I remember hearing that over and over the voice of the people, and it needs to speak out. And Kamala Harris yeah. said this as well. These right, these protests, she said, should happen and they should continue. I hope they continue. I mean, they, they were all talking about how this was acceptable. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi it's said, encouraged. Yeah, encouraged. When the statues are being pulled down, Pelosi said, well, people will do what they do. Yeah, you know, they, they love do what it. They do. But you're they right, personal it. homes, personal businesses, and then you bring in all the lockdowns and all the threats and the fines and being told to snitch on your neighbor you know, the yeah. Oregon governor telling, you know, no more than six people and call the police if someone's got more than six people in their house for Thanksgiving and, yeah. and all of this pressure building. And while I agree with Father that it's it, we got to respect the buildings, yes, there are monuments, but let's keep it in perspective, like you're saying, that these human beings who are coming in here, who many, many of them have lost businesses. They, They've they, lost everything. They're paying taxes on businesses they aren't even open anymore. Yes. You know, they're they're or they've lost loved ones in nursing homes because they were not well, they've lost them and they were not allowed to go visit them before they died, even because of the virus. Yes. All of these crazy diabolical from the bowels of hell type of things going on, and it culminates in this moment. And I'm willing to bet you had Antifa guys there, 
Absolutely. Had just average patriots because some of the videos show them walking through the, the Capitol with their phones out. They're like tourists, you know? They're yeah. like, wow. And they're in between the velvet ropes and yeah. they're not throwing Molotov cocktails. If no. they broke things, that's wrong. It's never yeah. right to. But let's put in perspective, like you're saying, and Father's saying that these are human lives and they're being treated like cattle. Trash. And, and, and you know what? When, yeah, but I want to qualify too that, that there's no condoning, no matter how bad you've been treated, to, to any act of violence, including breaking windows. Well, Agreed. That, Agreed. That crossed the line. Yes, yeah, and I agree with that. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah. And it's a great point to make for the audience that any time that there's any talk of violence, it is a trap. It is a right. trap. I, setup, and yeah. our side is so peaceful and so um, anti Again, I, I think that's why security stood down. I don't think they had to beef yeah. up security because they went, no, this is an Antifa or a BLM. This is, this is these people. So, you know, they're, they're going to be just tourists when they get here. Yeah, and there's, I think, yeah. I think of the bulk of them, the quote unquote invaders, you know, we're like you said, they were tourists. They had their phones out. They're staying within the ropes. They, you know. Um, well, I was standing there and I really had to go to the bathroom. And, you know, the whole rest of the city is locked to me. Yeah. So if I want to be there and, and make, stake my claim as an American citizen that I came all this way, you know, everybody who was there, the, the, the other side loses nothing by taking a trip like that. They are paid to do it and they're paid to blow stuff up and burn things down. They're paid, they profit when they do things. My did, you people, any, did, did you see any images of um, at the doors of the Capitol where security was saying, no, you can't enter. And people were like pushing security out of the way and saying- Well, I would say that was the Antifa people because where I got to I the- I saw one of image of, of, a, of a door, mm -hmm. that was one. But other than that, the images I saw was security going, you know, yep, come on in or something like that. Well, and there's the different angles of the Capitol. <clears throat> I was on the front, I guess, and around the back. Some people went around the back and there are other entrances. I think it's clear that Antifa was smashing a window and smashing in a door on the front. And then yep. on the other entrances, they were people were ushered in. Ushered in. People yep. were ushered in. So I think, I think, um, you know, when you say about the bowels of hell, what's really important here is how diabolical it is, the, the level of deception and the way the story is told. Because I just saw, um, even last night, about how this was like a white supremacy thing. Um, it absolutely was not. And like I say, I had my my friend from the Ho-Chunk tribe, he, he was telling me about the people he met that day. And... Uh, it was very diverse. And actually, I can tell you right in front of me in the crowd, it was amazing. There were lots of um, lots of Asians, especially because if they have exposure to the Communist Party and the, the brutality of it, they, they were there and they were right in front of me. Um, there were Vietnamese, there were Chinese all day long. But right in front of me as, um, you know, where I got in the crowd, they were there. There was an African-American couple right in front of me. Um, there were all different kinds of people. I would say the the thing that linked them together is that our side, our people feel that they have done everything they could to ask for mercy. They have tried, they've followed all the laws. They have done everything they were asked to do. Mm. They've sent in their tax payments. They've done the election. 
they felt that the, that the election was fraud and there's been no due hearing of that. Um, it, and we are just, we get pie in the face every time. The good people get pie in the face and banana peels like, whoops, you know, oh, I guess there's nothing we can do about that. So these million people showed up there and sacrificed so much to be there. Even I really didn't have the time, money, energy to leave my house at 4.30 in the morning to show up in Washington, D.C. Um, but but I, I, I realized before I came on tonight that I said a prayer before I left. I only got an hour and a half of sleep the night before I left. And I said a prayer to be of service and please to have strength because, man, I was like, this, I'm so tired. <laughs> this is a bad idea to even take this trip. But I said, please help me be of service. And maybe tonight is the best thing that came of that because um, I can offer an alternate point of view so that people realize there is a diabolical level of deception to what you are shown. And we're only going to see more of that. I don't think this is the end of it. I think this yeah, is that's the what beginning. I wanted to get into with too, yeah. Joan, because you, you, you articulated so that so well in the phone call, and I did one before time ones that I wanted to get your thoughts on that. But um, you know, you got up at four thirty in the morning, and as <laughs> I'm listening to you, I feel I, I see that in me. I see it in so many other people because they want to be a part of this positive movement, okay, of patriotism, of love of God, of of love of neighbor, okay. This this virtuous, uh, that's what I see it as. You know, that, that that's what this movement mm. has been. You see all these rallies, and it's what you describe. It's all these good people that would lay down their lives for each other, you know. Uh, they're all contributing to funds to help the veterans and all really this do. stuff. Really yeah, they, they, and you want to be a part of those good people. But you and I, and I ask you to articulate what you see. What, what, that that um, brand, if you will, yeah. of, of these of these devout Christian patriots is right now being assaulted, and yeah. I think to the point where a lot of people are now wanting to distance themselves from this movement instead of get up at four in the morning to be a part of it. Yeah. And so what are they doing, Joan? Can you tell us what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. And so they're going to be demonizing. I see lots of evidence and lots of things on the horizon that these, these good people will be characterized as something that they're not. And already for the media. Now, I saw as I was approaching into D.C., I saw a headline that said extremists coming to D.C. Yeah. Extremists. That means the Christians that I met along the way, the elderly, the veterans, the soccer moms, yep. the um, people who care about their grandkids, this is called extremism. And right. that's what people need to be aware of. Because um, when, when we all came home, I saw people get disowned before they even got home yeah. because their own families believed the press. So families are being split apart by this deception totally split apart now uh, another thing jim that i've seen in you know i know we mentioned this just before the program began um there have been several reports from uh individuals out there using terms like deprogram re-education camps for trump supporters uh it was the um senior 
uh, legal official or whatever yeah. for PBS. I think I forget his exact title, but he was yeah. a senior, senior guy there yeah. who said that all of the children of Trump supporters should be taken and put in re-education camps. There's also something right now that was reported from CNN, former chief security officer for Facebook, who advocates targeted censorship. He says, quote, we have to turn down, turn down the capabilities of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences, turn down yeah. the capabilities to reach these huge audiences. And we're going to have to figure out the One American News Network and Newsmax problem. Yeah, the problem. Yeah, he goes on to say that the challenge is going to be, and dot, 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 ISIS did not have a domestic constituency in the United States Congress, but over half of the House Republican Senate GOP voted to overturn the election. Number one, they're using the language overturn the election rather than uh, no to actually look at what really happened and have the cases heard, which most all of them were thrown out. Number two, though, the... the before they looked at the facts, the thrown out, they wouldn't. Yeah, they even threw out all the facts. facts. I mean, the, yeah. the the several hundred affidavits, sworn affidavits, testimonies that were thrown out, yeah. judges wouldn't even hear it. But you've got this language now. Now, this makes me think. Obviously, there's a lot of comparisons always to Nazi Germany. Look, you can compare it to any society where government starts to take over by feeding the society fear, intimidation. The Bolsheviks did it in 1917. Um, Rwandan genocide, the word cockroaches, they were used. C cockroaches was, was they're cockroaches. We have to destroy the cockroaches, you know, yeah. before the Tutsis and the Hutus broke into their civil war on April 7th of 94. This is, this is, this is textbook. This is playbook it is. Um, for them. What, do, what are your thoughts on the direction this is going? And I think you commented before we started to record here that, you know, of people who actually are talking about moving to other countries, Oh, absolutely. Of the ter they're terrified of being hunted down by absolutely. even the FBI and, and other uh, Justice Department officials, especially under this new administration that looks like it's going to come in. We still hope and pray for a miracle. But what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, there is no question. And people, you know, even for me to show up here tonight, you know, I know, you know, you can be destroyed and for any minor minor thing they want to put on you, they, they will come after you, they will destroy you. And now we know, you know, who is the FBI? I just heard Andrew McCabe compare Trump supporters to ISIS. Okay, so that's a very strange, I mean, can you say it's psychotic? These people are paid and we know, we know what prompts them to say things like this is they have, an, they have a vision for the world of how they want it to be and a strong United States is not in their favor. That's not where they make their money. Mm. You know, even, um, I'll be careful about naming things so that I don't want you to get hurt. <laughs> but, you know, you look at our politicians and where their money comes from, and it comes from overseas. Every industry is looking at the money made in China and the, the profits of the United States now pale in comparison to what they can make um, with a huge population like China. So... Yeah, we're looking at something that can be so diabolical. Uh, people need to be very, very prepared. And part of why I wanted to make this available is for people to take pride in what they thought they knew. Mm -hmm. You weren't wrong about who Trump supporters are. You were not wrong. Mm -hmm. The people there were incredible. They were, they were absolutely incredible. I was totally safe in a crowd of a million people, a yep. million people. 
Where in the world can a girl like me, 5'4", in pink, I'm defenseless, where can I be safe in a crowd of a million people? Right. I, I would say the uh, other place that I think you could be safe is uh, with the U.S. Grace Force audience because they're great <laughs> people too. They are amazing. Mm -hmm. I know they're amazing. And that's why I wanted to come. And, and I'm so honored that I got a chance to talk to you guys. And I'm so proud of what you're doing. And hey, I got to say, your audience needs to stand by you. You audience must stand by anybody who is telling you the truth because people risk everything. They risk everything. Just by taking that trip at all, I am now marked for life, okay? Mm -hmm. And I know that. And all of us know that. Okay, are we going to shut up? I want free speech. I want to live in a country with free speech. And, you know, I get messages from other countries. They're very worried. They're very worried because if we lose free speech and freedom here, they know exactly what's happening to them. And I can tell you, I talked to some, I talked to some influential people. I always respect their privacy. But this one guy who's well-known, he, he messaged me from another country and he said, you don't know what it's like to have no hope. Wow. Now, wow. this is a strong, masculine, alpha guy saying that to me. I said, no, you're wrong. And I told him how I went into the woods and cried when I had to pay my taxes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, just sending them out of your blood. Like, here, let me give you my skin off my body. I've got nothing left to pay this tax while Nancy Pelosi feasts on her, you know, expensive ice cream at her expensive desk and spits in the face of the American people. What, what injustice for these kind, the, the, these people, they're way better than me. I, I'm not like these people. I, I'm way more fed up. These people, the silent majority, they give the most and they get the least. These are the people who send in the tax money. They, they dutifully, you know, slave at the grindstone. You know, I'm, more, I'm way more fed up and less patient than they are. Joan, what do you know about, and if, if you do know much about or could talk about it all, how some of this ties into the Great Reset? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we know that the middle class is a target, right? The middle class must be targeted and, you know, I'm sorry to say, but destroyed. And I think it's useful to know this idea that the poor are always used as a standing army for the rich. And in other countries when, you know, like in Egypt, when they had their color revolution, they will give the poor people cooking oil and rice to get them to support the corrupt government. Hmm. So here we have a middle class, the silent majority, the most abused and spit upon people across the world. You know, in every country, this is the same thing. Um, this is who they want to get rid of. They have to turn society upside down so that good ethical people have to submit. And I do think there is a very dark element of Christians will be a part of this targeted group just because of where they happen to be in society. There is a spiritual element here and Christians form a group that is a problem. Now the, the lighter side of that is Christians have been a powerful group everywhere they are. And I don't know the numbers, but supposedly in China, you know, China worries about how many Christians they have. 
And we ha- we probably will have to go back to the very old ways of communicating and finding each other and supporting each other. But that's why people have to lock arms and they can't be so easily turned against each other. Can I can I share something, I, uh, reflections? I, I have a uh, teaching blog at uh, romancatholicman.com and I just had to sh- um, put some thoughts down and I shared this this afternoon. I just want to share part of it. Uh, and I'll start in the middle here, but for reasons beyond any prophetic gifts God has bestowed upon me, we have just crossed into Satan's dark abyss where lying, cheating, stealing, terrorism, censorship, detraction, and calumny are all now recognized as the most effective ways for gaining power and control. Yeah. Excuse me. In other words, tyranny and bullying works. It's hard to believe, but we have just watched every evil force in the planet join forces to conspire and collude with each other in, <clears throat> in order to vanquish those who, uh, who most threaten their evil agenda, the children of light and life. Yeah. Um, every, everyone is now in hiding for fear of losing everything. The tyranny has become a Goliath that seems indestructible. But I, I want to say, I, I ended with something I believe is very positive. I think this is where we need to go right now. I don't, the title of it was, I will join any movement to let freedom ring. But we don't know what that looks like right now. And we're scattered and we're hiding. And, uh, you know, that's the devil is called the great divider. And that's what he's doing right now. So I think what we need to be doing more than anything is to get into his presence and listen. And I'm going to be pounding the drum on this. But I think we're called at this present time in history to get into his presence. That means the Holy Eucharist, that means Eucharistic adoration. We need to stop. We need to be still and know that I am God. Know that he is God, right? And 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 listen. Um, we just had a reading uh, not too long ago of Samuel. Speak, Lord, your, for your servant is listening. We, that I believe those are anointed words, that if we speak those words, that supernaturally we open a line of communication to God. But we need a, a whole... Uh, we need an adoration of the Blessed Sacrament to spread like wildfire in our times. And so uh, I just wanted to get that in in this particular show that um, it looks like this is, uh, you know, the, the, what's, the, what's the name of our, uh, our, our podcast today? The Gates of Hell or the Bowels, bowels of, hell. of Hell? The Bowels of Hell. It looks like, you know, we're done or it's all over. But we keep saying, that's what everybody said when that little guy, David, walked up and said, what's with you people? We got the power of God on our side. And so I think we need to listen and we need to be able to get as close as we can get to God. And he has given that. You know, we had another reason recently that said, where do you live? And he said, come and see, you know, where, where he is staying. Well, he is staying in the tabernacles of every church on planet Earth right now. And I'm, I'm advocating that priests, you know, listen, if you're not doing a holy hour of adoration, Start right now and do it publicly. Do it over in the church and then open up the Blessed Sacrament, expose the Blessed Sacrament, and do the Holy Hour with whoever wants to join you. And maybe spend some time in the confessional during that Holy Hour. But this is a time for us to get into his presence and listen. That's where I think we need to be right now. I don't know how we're going to defeat Goliath. I don't know what that looks like, but only God knows. So let's listen to him. Yeah, I have a lot of people who ask me, you know, Doug, what do you think go time is? Meaning, you know, when do we react or respond to whatever? 
And, you know, I always say, you know, we, we, we have our battle ready coalition, our monthly online membership that we do. We have a course, the battle ready emergency preparedness course that we offer and sell to people to help people be better prepared. And it's physical and spiritual, uh, you know, extra food, extra water, a means of self-defense, medical and shelter, basic five basic things. But when people ask me, what do you think go time is? My answer really is, I don't know, but I know that the better prepared we are and the, the closer to God we are, like you're saying, father, and on a natural level, like St. Joseph, the old Testament, when Pharaoh had the dream of the seven skinny cows, seven fat cows dream, they prepared, they prepared for seven years. And you figure, how are you going to store up enough grain for seven years of famine? They had to build, I'm sure, grain storage elevator, storage units for all of that that had to be saved up and prepared. So I say to people out there, you know, listen close to what Joan has told us tonight, that this, the optics of this are wrong. All right. There are a lot of people out there who have t- or taken this and they're painting it with such a wide brush. And everybody who supports Trump now is lumped into one group. When I believe what you said, Joan, that the majority of these people are just God-loving, God-fearing people who just want a fair break in this world. And these politicians work for us. And I agree with, you know, I agree with what we talked about tonight. Violence is wrong. Breaking things is wrong. This is never the way to handle this. Rush Limbaugh had a great point when he put out, clearly President Trump didn't tell people to go break and loot and destroy. Because if he had said anything that was really that that insightful in his speech, the press, the left would be playing it over and over and over and over. But there's no clip of that. There's no audio or video of Trump saying these things that's, that's considered so insightful. But yet, you know, you mentioned, one of you mentioned about the Christians actually becoming, I think, Joan, you said this about Christians becoming part of this problem. I'm seeing on Facebook I don't, I don't mention names. Father and I have a rule here. We don't mention names unless it's somebody that's like a legal public thing like Cardinal McCarrick or something like that. But in general, when I see Christians out there, Catholics, either priests or, or deacons or, or others out there who are publicly known, and they are intentionally trying to besmirch and destroy President Trump's name, all claiming they're doing it for just reasons, I, I, just, I, I just don't understand why? And number two, I think that that's one step closer to going after Trump supporters. And I get concerned about that. Joan, any thought you have on just as we saw, again, to use the comparison of, of where some Jews did capitulate to the Germans and started working for the Germans. They started, they were given power and they started unloading violence on some of their own people. You know, I, I'm not saying that that's what's going on here, but I also know that there's a time when those Christians, those Jews, those anybody who is stuck in a, in a communist dictatorship or a genocide of some sort, when things got really bad and really hit the fan, you know they had to be thinking back, hey, you know what? Back then we should have done something about it, but it's too late now. I don't think we're that far gone yet. I don't think it's too late, but I think it could fast become too late for us yeah. to really have a, a, an impact to change. Joan, your thoughts on any of this? Yeah, well, I can give a um, you know perspective that not everybody might have. When you look at things like Twitter, the social media, you see influencers, and you have what's called blue checks, which is verified public personalities, and they are there to tell you what to think. And what I notice is that they form a mesh, like a a network, a, fa- a mesh fabric of influence that the ordinary people 
have a hard time pushing against. And I noticed that blue checks are where truth goes to die. That's what I noticed. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is or, you know, where is it chicken or egg? You know, do they get the money before they lie or how does it work? But when you look at the level of influencers, like for instance, there's a journalist that I do look at sometimes, he's more fair. And even the other day I saw him say, okay, the Capitol was LARPers, live action role play, LARPers at the Capitol. Okay, the main, the main part of the story that they tell is this phony violence, right? Which was, I mean, the evidence is all out there that that's paid, it's optics. You know, tear gassing a girl like me, that's optics for TV. Mm -hmm. um, what he doesn't say in his part of the story is about the million other people standing outside. Mm. And what were they doing there? And why did they leave their families and, you know, miss their mothers who are dying of cancer to be in D.C. that day? That's the part that's left out. So you have a whole network of influencers and we have the shepherds of the church. Now, I will say you guys have given me, um, you know, a refreshed respect uh, because I have seen some hypocrisy in other places that I, you know, it blows my mind. You guys have given me respect because you are being very courageous to say what's true. But overall, in all the churches we know, and actually that's a very established part of the Great Reset, that the churches, a piece of every church has been misdirected. Mm. And so the people are left to be eaten alive. The shepherds, uh, you know, in every branch, there is uh, something wrong. You know, no matter what church you go into, there's branches where those shepherds are leading those people they're the, the the people are innocent sheep you know there to be preyed upon yeah we're out of time and i wanted to close with this um right now the grace force is in uh what we're calling a auxilium christianorum novena and but what the and i urge people to look that up auxilium christianorum um, but what that is, and I think it was designed by Father Ripiger. Yeah, we'll have a link in the description, Father, below. All right, good. Um, but what it is, is to pray for each other mm. and to pray that any demonic influence or attacks uh, would stay clear. If it, I really appreciate you bringing up, Joan, people pray for Doug and I, and I... I am yeah, almost you. at the stage right now. I'm begging for those prayers. Amen. I'm brother. not in the fetal position. I'm not despairing. I'm not anything. But the evil right now feels like it's their day to deal the last blow. And they are attacking everyone. everyone. And how, if you dare speak up, you will be attacked. And they will find something yeah. to attack you. So I, I really appreciate if we could get under that... Um, that protection of those yeah. amazing auxilium Christian Orum prayers. Uh, and we just pray that daily. And it's really not that, that hard. It's, it's, uh, it takes, no. I'd say less than 10 minutes to do the prayers. Oh yeah. Easily yeah. less than and 10 it's minutes. Powerful. Yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah. And you, you, you basically uh, plead the blood of Christ, you know, because there's that uh, litany of the, the blood of Christ in there too. So um, please, if everyone would do that. All right. I think, 
that I think we're past time. Actually, this has been amazing. Yeah. Joan, thank you, Joan. Thank you so much. Um, we've, we finally got our first hand account. We had the guy that was going to do it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then by the grace of God, you called me up and uh, thank you so much for sharing all your amazing insights. Thank all right, you guys for having yeah. me. Thank you. Sure. All right. Let's close with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. Thanks, Father.